0: Hello and welcome. This is the Filmmaker's Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. I'm Joss Alderson, I'm a writer, director, producer, and I am with, today, the wonderful producer and actor, star of Disney's The Lodge, star of Retribution, and producer and director with me... Of our Food for Thought documentary, it's Dan Richardson. Hello! Now we are in Cannes at the moment. I made that sound really wanky and I didn't mean to, apologies for that straight away. It's late at night, we're back in our um, apartment. And um I'm just doing the intro
1: from here because hey um, we're rock stars right? We're in Cannes, so why wouldn't you? Why why wouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah I mean that sounds wanky too, but we are in Cannes and it is a fact. The intro needs to be done. And that's actually as much why we're doing it now as anything else, because it's logistically the only time we can do it. Absolutely, because we've been filled with meetings and do you know what? It's our first
0: can, it's my first can, it's Dan's first can and it has been amazing. Why? Is it, what, yeah, okay, we might have had, you know, a good night out. We might have enjoyed our camp trip and our enjoyment here. But what's been amazing about it is you go to one event and you meet someone and everyone's so open here. They'll literally go, cool, here's my business card. What do you do? Cool. Let's talk. Oh, I'd love to collaborate on that. I'd love to meet, talk to you about that. And it's been incredible. And what we've found with the documentary when
1: we've gone to see distributors uh, in the market They've just opened up. It's a very dynamic festival and it's one of those things where you, use a lot of the people you meet are people you would ordinarily meet in London or in L.A., people you already might collaborate with, but for some reason the festival atmosphere and the and the and just the environment it inspires people to do more. You, you, so you have meetings and you have conversations that you wouldn't have if you met with them in, in your hometown. Mm. It's amazing. And it's been, like you say, it's just one thing leads to another, to another, and it's before you know it you've got a network of 20 new contacts from a couple of days walking around the market it's it's, it's fantastic it's been brilliant. And, and i can see why can is is like the outright best festival in the world because as good as other festivals like i've been to toronto a few times and cinequest and these are brilliant festivals and but they but everyone acknowledges can as being the biggest and best and being here now and experiencing it for myself i realize why it's incredible
0: yeah, It's just fascinating how many filmmakers there are out here, but yet if you're making things and you're out there doing it, people want to know and they want to help you here, and um, I've been amazed. Maybe we've been lucky. Maybe people have come out here and not had that experience, but we've had the experience of... You know, perfect example tonight. We just went to a couple of events, then we ended up at the Carlton. And in there, I just suddenly got told to this guy who went, oh, when I said we're doing the vegan documentary, he went, oh, great, I know someone who's really interested in that and I can get you this and let's talk about that. That was just someone I met at the bar. And, and that's incredible and that's what I love about it. Time will tell whether those people who are saying we can help you or would like to help you will actually help us. But the point is, we were in the right place at the right time to make something happen. Um, and yeah, it's, it's great, it's great So basically we've had a good time um, We've met some great people, we're flying home tomorrow Like I say, it's middle of the night But we want to get this podcast out to you guys Because we love you, um, thank you so much for listening And taking the time to do this uh, Sorry for the sound quality I did bring uh, a mic to do it on But then I realised I didn't have a card reader So I could put it into my Mac So I'm recording this on my phone So, welcome to the Makers Podcast It's the first time people who've listened to this It's not normally like this he did what I did. Brilliant. Um, right, God, do I, I was supposed to do loads of shout-outs, I imagine. The only one I can remember while I'm here is Raindance, um, who have been wonderful at this festival as well. So what Raindance have done this time is they're helping young filmmakers and they're helping young indie filmmakers, very young. Um, but in order to do so, they need your help. Help them make independent cinema accessible to everyone by donating to their crowdfunding campaign. Yeah, that's right, Raindance are doing a crowdfunding campaign in aid of emerging filmmakers uh, for Raindance 2019. So it's about unique experience for 12 to 25-year-olds. So the link will be in the show notes. It's all about screenings and cult indie films and masterclasses. Uh, So please donate now and help them make a difference. The link will be in the show notes. If you want to help indie filmmakers, like I've always said, you want to send the elevator back down, then do click that link and help them. Um, I'm sure there's others I'm supposed to do but I can't remember what they are. Uh, okay, so today's podcast is with the fantastic um, Alberto Sciamma, Um who talks about all his brand new film, I Love My Mum which is out next week. It is fantastic. It's a really brilliant movie. I really enjoyed it. stars Kirsten Waring and a whole heap of other brilliant actors, but he tells you how he made that indie film, how you can find a a Spanish production company shoot in Spain, um, how he made his first feature from Black Death with Lena Headey and Jason Fleming, and how you can work with collaborators. So joining myself uh, and Robbie McCain, our wonderful editor-producer, is... Matt Hawkins and Dom Lenoir, and they join us for this conversation with Alberta Shamaka So, without further ado, Dan, take care.
1: Oh, mate, take care and listen, everyone, good night. I'm going to go to bed. And if you're listening to this in the morning, all I'm going to suggest is just listen to it later on in the day, and it'll all make sense to you. So, good night.
0: Good night, Dan. Um, I don't know if it will make sense to you, certainly, this intro won't. Uh, God bless you all. Thank you for listening and taking your time. Dan is now doing a penguin walk out of the room i'm now going to be up for another hour or so uploading this wish me well wish you well keep making your film keep your dream alive and make your own film go out there and do it this is the podcast Alberto bit enjoy i'm absolutely delighted to welcome to the filmmakers podcast alberto shama thank you for coming along it's our pleasure we've also got uh, Dom Lemoir joining hello. us. How are you doing, buddy? Pretty good. And we've got Matt Hookings joining us. Hello, mate. Ah, oh, hello. You're looking lovely in your red. I mean, you look like um, a Barnsley player. And Barnsley got promoted last night. And I'm delighted by this. He's got,
2: you've got a nice penguin on his uh, jumper well, as, as well. Barnsley
0: don't have penguins on their shirts. Thank you.
2: Take, take that as a compliment. Maybe? Take it as a
0: massive compliment. To Great. be promoted at the moment is huge. It's delightful. There we go. Promise you. And we've got Robbie, Robbie McCain. Hello, mate.
3: Robbie, hey, Robbie. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, how are you feeling today? I didn't ask you last week how you were feeling. I'm all right. I'm a bit. I'm a bit tired today,
2: but yeah,
0: yeah. doing well. It's okay. a lovely shirt, Robbie. It's a it's lovely shirt. Great. It's great. That makes great podcast, and it is a nice shirt. So we're here to talk about I Love My Mum, um, which is a really cool, fantastic movie. I've really enjoyed it. It's very funny. It goes to many locations. Some great acting. Uh, Matt produced it. Alberto uh, directed Directed it, it. wrote it. it. Absolutely. So we will get to that. Mm But obviously, I wanted to talk about your journey as a filmmaker as well. I kind of want to just have a bit more fun before I jump straight into that, though. Oh, Go on then. Go on then. Right. Okay. Dom, we're going to the rain dance
2: party. I'm I'm your date tonight. Well,
0: it's debatable. You're coming with me. (laughs) Yeah, all yeah. right. Oh, yeah. To the day. Is this your outfit? Is this what you're wearing?
2: Yeah. yeah are you, are you going in number? that t-shirt?
0: Nope. I'm not. I've got a special number <laughs> in my he's got, bag. He's got a dress.
2: he yeah, got a dress. It's, it's one of those. Um, it's one of those red and white stropey ones they have in like sort of period dramas. Well, it's, it's supposed
0: it? to be the forties,
2: yeah.
3: isn't it? There's, oh, it's oh, is actually I, themed. I, I didn't get
0: number. It's themed. Number. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's themed. I'll, yeah. I'll a, yeah, are you going as
3: well? Uh, well, like, I, yeah. I mean, if it's supposed to be the forties, I don't need to. You're dressed perfect. you know,
0: How old are you, man?
2: He never
3: he never Matt never
2: tells you his age. Does he know? It's a secret. It's, 25, it's somewhere right? between twenty and thirty-five.
4: In in this industry, if you're if you're too young, you don't get taken seriously. And if you're too old, yeah. they, they say, Well, why haven't you done
0: this at that age? Very like, true. Because they compare. So you just so don't like, give an age and therefore even a chameleon and like, and
4: like, like, it a like Like Alberta yeah, said, yeah. I'm ageless. Ageless. And yeah. I believe that you're either dead or alive. Age doesn't exist. That's just not true. But that's great.
2: I mean, that's your it, I mean, it sounds like it's opinion. profound, but it's... Yeah. It is something. Very yeah. profound. Very profound.
0: And thank you, Matt, for that. Thanks, yeah. Do you know what's interesting about that? When you're a young producer or a young director, actually, people don't take you as seriously. You just look very tired all the time. Yeah. 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 It's good. Good, good chat. It kind of works. So, <laughs> right, Alberto, talking mm-hmm. of which, you have, did start, a younger age you did make three films i made five
3: films you made five films
0: but three films like in in the early days in the 90s yeah And one 2005 which for me was fascinating when i found this out i was like okay cool let's talk about that so how about your journey then becoming a director and a writer how did you Uh, first start why did you want to become okay
3: becoming a director and a writer is basically a calling it's like becoming a priest or something like that i left spain at 19 i came to the uk Ah. i studied film here Great. And then I started to make music videos for Mute Records and mm-hmm. some other uh, uh, sort of early electronic uh, UK music. Nice. And then with a lot of Spanish bands as well. They used to come to the UK and I used to shoot a video for them or whatever. I'm talking about before YouTube and before all of that. So mm. in those days, you know, to promote music. It was basically TV and that's that. And there is where I sort of learned a little bit the profession. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I decided that uh, I had an idea for a movie in my head for a long time, which became the killer tongue, uh, which is a story as a very lovely movie, uh, very gentle about uh, a woman that develops a very, very long talking tongue that starts fucking her and realizes that she doesn't need any other, Any other companionship than that?
0: Yeah, she gets his massive tongue, and it starts killing not only, well,
3: killing... The tongue can only eat nuns. Eat nuns. It can only eat nuns. So five poodles that have become... Uh, five drag queens through mm-hmm. a series of events in the movie have to supply the nuns from the nunnery to the tongue to eat. It's amazing. It's such uh, an so, outbatch
0: shit, crazy uh, story that I loved it when I read it. I was like, "That sounds that incredible." A,
3: uh, yeah, I mean, I I used I can't believe that uh, somebody financed this. <laughs> somebody
0: uh, did finance this it movie. Got
3: finance and it became a little bit of a cult movie. It did because you have got some big names in it. You know, yeah, you've got, we had uh, who played Robert England Robert himself, himself. England. Yeah, uh, yeah, Freddy Krueger, Melinda it, Clark.
0: Yeah, and and you had um,
3: Doug Bradley. Doug Bradley. Pinhead so, himself. So, so we put Pinhead and Freddy Krueger together in a, movie in a confessional. It, inside a the church. Right. How would they the One work? telling the other, you look so much better without the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so.
0: And the other one got new too. <laughs> I imagine too, Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, so,
3: and then they explode.
0: How did you get the money? How did it come about?
3: We went to the American film market and we had a company at the time that wanted to make the movie mm-hmm. uh, called Trimark. Mm -hmm. which then disappeared Mm -hmm. and they offered i don't know if it was a million or something like that to start the financing and uh, but they wanted some changes they wanted to tone it down but there was a spanish company Mm -hmm. who uh, decided okay well if those guys are interested in putting that money we will put the money if you shoot in spain theoretically the movie was set in uh, new mexico so, wow. so we decided, okay, well, I, we, I can do it in Spain if I go to Almeria, which is where they used to shoot all these old spaghetti westerns and even parts of Lawrence of Arabia. Amazing. W- was shot there. And, and I looked at it and said, yeah, I think I can make it work here. Mm-hmm. So then we ended up with this company uh, that then was called Iberoamericana Films financing the movie. Wow. So, and they were
0: happy to do it on the basis of the script, on the, even though they knew it was a kind it of... It was
3: on the basis of the script and of my, on my insistence. Good, good. So, so you pitched so, it.
0: You were there selling it and saying, this is how I can do it. why I was
3: there selling it, yeah. uh, bending down and doing all the moves. To be fair, it doesn't, matter how, it, it doesn't matter how bonkers it is. He, he is
4: a very good writer and it's it's mm. it, he could write something so no, bizarre right. about, about kill a killer tongue that, you know, it would it would still be good on the page. And yeah, that, that's,
0: absolutely. That's what everyone goes by. Goes by. Well, tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Well done. Well, Thanks yeah, for coming. Whatever, whatever. You can go now. <laughs> but the fact is, like you say, uh, as Matt says, you you managed to get funding and finance for something, for a feature that yeah. was called Killer Tongue. And and
3: speaking and- seriously, it did... It did, uh, I mean, it took us a couple of years to get it all together, mm-hmm. but uh, it did surprise me that uh, it was going to go. Mm. And then we started uh, to... It, uh, it had a very wide uh, genre f- festival showing. Mm-hmm. And so it... it, it it got some traction
0: big cult following yeah. that's yeah. really cult cool
3: following, but it was fun
0: yeah oh good because then off the back of that two years later you managed to make um black plague which is a bit more of a yeah, which serious is what's called
3: uh anasapta uh, at the time
0: anasapta yeah, it's a very anasapta. spanish name what's no it?
3: it's a latin it's a latin okay. name that uh, that physicians at the time used to whisper in somebody's ears before they died anasapta to, to make them go, you know, <laughs> sort of die peacefully.
0: Oh, oh, so that's, nice. that's, uh,
3: yeah. The name was changed and they called it Black Plague because... Uh, English you know, people whatever, like me you know. go,
0: what does that mean? Yeah, and therefore you got a great title, like Black Plague. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. that
3: was incredible. We were shooting a movie about the Black Plague
0: mm-hmm.
3: and we were shooting it in, in Wales, where where uh, my producer Matt is, Matt from. is from. Yes. And, uh, and it was... <laughs> It was really funny because the day before we started shooting, we were hit with foot and mouth. Wow. So a plague was happening. We were trying to shoot a movie about a plague. And then what happened was that, that we lost all locations because we couldn't go anywhere.
0: Because Except, farm the it was farmed or castle. It stated, was all through farmland, so you yeah. couldn't
3: walk through farmland uh, or anything. So we were changing the script and trying to adapt everything so it would happen more or less in one location. It was just sort of crazy. That's but almost we like
2: a, a Terry Gilliam Don Quixote level
4: disaster.
3: Wow, well, yeah. no. This is only a little accident in that, in that journey, <laughs> which is far. a completely different one. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But yes, I mean, it was, uh, it was difficult. But. Uh, You know, we did the movie, so. Yeah, and Lena Hedy
0: starred in that, and also you had Jason Fleming and a young.
3: Which at the the time they were a couple. Oh, yeah, the
0: Whoa, oh yeah. scandal. Yeah,
3: yeah. Anyway, I mean, Jason Fleming is super fun to it, be with. Yes, super He's fun. He's just yeah. a bomb, a bomby band, really happy. Yeah. He, he brought to the set huge uh, positive energy all the time. That's so nice. it was good, it was cool.
0: With that then, going on to your second movie, what did you take from the first one that you'd learned and brought into your second one, Black Plague?
3: Maybe I should have stopped drinking. Um, <laughs> um, the Killer Tongue was such a ride. I mean, it's such a crazy, crazy movie. Yes, yeah uh, that i I wanted to i mean I like all kind of stuff so i don 't limit myself into one sort of style or another or anything like that and uh, and uh, I was very interested in writing a movie with the feeling of the Old Testament, you know, the punishing, revengeful God. Mm. All of my movies tend to happen in an abstract space of some sort, or in a sort of slightly fantasy space. Mm. Even the last one, even I Love My Mom in a way, it's a sort of surreal road, tri- uh, road trip. In the very first one, I had a, a, a line producer who, whose name is Cookie Lopez Rodero. Great name. Who... Cookie was an assistant director in David Lynch Dune. Wow. Okay. And he was used to more Hollywood sort of big stuff. Sure. And uh, I learned everything from him at the beginning in the first movie because he guided me. Okay. I remember that the first thing he told me that uh, I remember arriving to the set the first day Mm. and catering, had prepared sandwiches. And there were some sandwiches with like a fried egg inside. And he saw me going for one of them. And he said, Alberto, you fucking don't touch that sandwich. And he took me aside and said, hey, I'm hungry. Why can't I yeah, have yeah. that? And he says, man, you're going to eat that thing. Part of the egg is going to drop on you. And you're going to spend your first day as a director with everybody looking at your bloody shirt. <laughs> so then I said, OK, OK. No, no, no. <laughs> then he went out. and I mean, He put together, all the crew, like 70 people. And he said, look, you know, I wish you all good. You know, yep, yep. let's get the show going and blah, blah. And by the way, know that by tomorrow I'm going to suck half of you. So, obviously, he was like, all right, okay, everybody knew where this guy was. Yeah, not messing around. All right, okay, fine. And um, so I learned a lot from him, which I was able to take. Obviously, I'm talking about the silly anecdotes here, but there was a lot of in-depth stuff. Each movie is different, and you learn with all of them. You know, some actors uh, want to be approached in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Some actors are very method. uh, because like when I work with James Kahn, he's like the opposite. You know, he just appears instead and he just sort of delivers and then really and then continues joking and talking about his days in the Playboy mansion. <laughs>
0: yeah. That was your next film, Jericho Mansions. Yeah. With James Kahn. Obviously you've now made two feature films and suddenly you're now getting a big star like James Kahn coming off the back of he the money. Yeah, he needed I mean, the money. Well, ha- okay, that means you must have given him a decent amount of money. Know, if he needs the money, extremely you know, honest Alberto, I love it. He's do so what what I, honest. Do you
3: know, what I need someone really looking really after as
0: Merlin. It. He'd make a good Merlin, James Khan. Imagine him coming down, <laughs> giving it.
3: <laughs> he's great. I mean, James Khan is like he's like star. I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he had a massive peak when he did. Um, Robo. Have but you ever had anyone well, on, on the show being man.
4: this honest about stars? Uh, Anna Hedley, James mm-hmm. Kern. No,
3: no, no, yeah, no, No, not yet. But is I'm close. only saying what they will tell you, you know. Well, yeah, I'm exactly. Okay. I'm not <laughs> it's saying, saying, the saying the truth. Saying Are you sure you
4: didn't hear them say, listen, Alberto, yeah, I'm going to tell you something.
0: <laughs> Don't say it <laughs> no, 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 to anyone ever.
3: And I'm only surfing here. I'm not going deep. I mean, he's an incredible guy and a fantastic actor. and super fun to be with. Yeah.
0: How did you cast him then? How did this... Uh, Jericho Mansions come about. How did it actually happen? You wrote it again. Well, this is the first one you'd written on your own as well, not co-writing something. That no, correct?
3: I've always written in my own. Okay. Um, except uh, uh, of the movies I've made, except Anna Sapta, mm-hmm. that was co-written by my second wife, okay. uh, Harriet Sand. Before she checked me out uh, of the holiday. for James Carl. Uh, okay. <laughs> fine.
0: <laughs> 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 How, what's your writing process like then? Do you do you come up with the idea first? You'd like to. Uh, plan it out you put notes on the board you scriptment how do you normally
3: i it starts with a seed with an idea sometimes it's an image sometimes it's just something you've overheard sometimes it's just something uh, stupid sometimes Mm. you know and uh, the way i approach it is that when i have that sort of hook in in the head Mm -hmm. which is absolutely not developed it truly is a little seed of a thought yeah I start on a blank page and see where it takes me. So I don't plan it. Ah. I don't know where it's going to go or how it's going to develop. And uh, I mean, that may sound corny, but it's true that you start writing and the characters start developing a certain personality Mm -hmm. and then you go with the flow. Uh, After... After a while, you then yes, you see the landscape that that you have to sort of aim at. Mm. But I never, I've never done sort of an uh, an initial breakdown or how the thing's going to work or wow. anything like that.
0: How many drafts do you do then in that case? Because if you just write and write and write, it can go on to 200, 300 pages if you like. Then do you after your first. No, because draft.
3: I I know I know I know roughly that uh, uh, you know it's going to be an hour and a half or two hours or sure. whatever. So I so. I time it in in my writing and Uh, and I'm constantly editing, you know, and do you, do you
2: enjoy the, the, the redrafting process when you have to go into sort of the more structural stuff and you've kind of come up with an idea that. Yeah. The redrafting
3: is is fun because you have to think less or you have to think in a different way. I mean, basically you've gone down the mine, you've taken the call out and now it's a question of, of doing something with that call. Mm. So the hard part is the, is the first draft in a way. Once you have that in your hands, you have a base uh, uh, and then you can, you know, add the tomatoes and this and the other, and put it in the oven, and you get a nice pizza. Yeah. But otherwise, <laughs> um, uh, yes. So the redrafting is fun in a way. You know. Oh, way.
0: you're happy to redraft. You don't mind going back at it and chopping. No, I and chopping don't mind because
3: it. I do respect everybody's opinion. So, so uh, I'm not that stubborn in that front. So mm-hmm. I talk with the producers or with or with or, or with people close to me, which I trust, and and then. Uh, uh, when I hear that two or three people are thinking the same about a possible problem, then probably they're right. And then I look at it and try to understand why the problem uh, may be there and and try to find a solution. What I don't listen to is when they suggest to me just pure solutions, but understanding the problem is good. And mm. and the process is very intense. I mean, I cannot write uh, sporadically. I need to sort of close myself in a way mm-hmm. and spend a month or two or whatever it takes So just going through the process because I wake up, I go to sleep, I eat, I everything is with that thought process with in the your mind of, of, the, of the movie you know? yes. why is that no, I, they dream a lot you know to try to visualise things to try to see them mm. and then uh, I can put them down into paper now if I put them down successfully or not that's something else
4: right yeah, you do close yourself off when you write which is good Yeah, it's, good, to, you're it's actually a it's, good
3: um, I cannot multitask so if I in. get uh, yeah very
0: nice he yeah. works well at that. he can yeah. close himself off because I find that difficult because your brain suddenly gets yes. distracted by other things Don't know I'm writing things two scripts that. at the moment I'm literally I'm like oh I'll do 20 pages I'm like yeah yeah this is great 20 minutes, I mean, and then suddenly you just go, Oh, I'll just check Twitter. Someone yeah, messed up, and, it, and it just re- then it's, it's really hard. Or check emails because yeah. there's so much going on, and the yeah. stories
2: start to flow into one kind of idea, starts to yeah. seep into yeah. the other film. You're like, How did that get
0: there? That can happen. Suddenly, the characters jump yeah, and all and over yeah. the place. You where- need
3: a certain sort of solitude and, and purity of uh, mind and spirit, write. Oh, oh, I find that. I mm. cannot even listen to music when I'm writing. That's interesting. Because, it, uh, you know, music may influence Distra- Influence may, the story. So uh, true, yeah. Know, of where I'm going with. I've
0: tried know. all sorts. I have listened to music for a while when writing, and then I've not I've done the silent yeah. route. And I think the silent route's better, because you can get influenced, or you're putting on the best of you know uh
3: yeah so then you hear a romantic song or romantic changes, songs so, yeah. yeah
0: and that changes your feeling yeah. at that moment uh so, well, well i think when i first started writing plays though i put on proper sort of hardcore tramps <laughs> just i'm sure that was, a, yeah, that was
2: an I'm interesting project yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: if you know where the scene is going then yes you can listen to something that is going that to help you again. you know to take you there
4: i have films
0: on in the background is that weird you no know? i mean that must massively influence you right what, how can you do that to to put your mind in a different place or put your mind in if, the right place?
4: If I know that I'm struggling with something and I need inspiration, mm-hmm. then I'll up yeah. p- on a specific film that my attention's maybe not completely on it, but mm-hmm. there'll be a nugget or something. And I've done that quite a lot. I've taken some really good nuggets and gone, "Oh, wait, a minute, I've just heard that," mm. and I can now use that, and that's great. If it's if it's something that is not supposed to. Inspire. it means i already kind of have an idea of what i'm doing yes and this yeah. thing in the background is just it just gives just you helping. a seed yeah, yes, helps. yeah. and again yeah. it stops you from looking <clears> at your phone and that's very yeah. true phone is it.
2: the main one you mm. just gotta throw your phone away basically but i don't yeah. I do know I, I find like it's it's good once you got the first draft out to to start bringing in like other influencing films once you've got that initial vision but if you do it when you're in that Phase of getting that first draft out, you can kind of grab too much maybe from something that you've seen just now that's the same genre and it mm. starts to come a bit too much of that.
0: Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm very wary of doing that. I don't want to, like, the King Arthur Now and the rewrites and working with Johnny on that. I didn't want to watch too many of those type of films no, quite a lot of people to get influenced too much. There's a lot of people like that. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I disagree on that, if I'm honest. Yeah.
0: As in, you'd like
4: people to do that. You have a, th- a lot of people, and, and look, you know, some great writers and Alberto included, mm. um, another director working with at the moment. It just won't have any kind of reference or nothing in the background. But, mm. you know, it it's... Our industry is built on what we know from past films, mm-hmm. current films. Yeah. And, you know, Tarantino said this and Scorsese, they, they, they have all taken influence from someone. And so think, like, think, your
2: motto is almost to steal everything.
4: No, no, I think, I think it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's influence.
2: It steal so yeah. many that people don't realise which from. Which lie did I tell, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, yeah.
4: You know, you would know quite openly, I've watched God knows how many boxing films for the, oh, for the boxing screen. Yeah, you have, yeah. of and course. have you taken influence from any of them? I was like, all of them pretty much mm-hmm. like all of them yeah. and i think that you it's not about you know it's about doing it's about remembering what someone did right but then making it your own that's mm. the difference yeah. if you don't make it your own then it's not original or it doesn't have your input then it becomes a copy and a buff yes. and there's yeah. loads of films you know you can mm-hmm. you can compare um you know uh uh Chinatown to, to some scenes in Breakfast of Tiffany's, which mm-hmm. is just complete different comparison. Sure. And, and, you know, films like from Angel Heart to Chinatown, again, completely different films, completely different time period. And you just, you just go through all these films mm-hmm. that you go, okay, well, there, there was an influence there and it's how you can improve it and make it better Boiler Room a very good example is literally the Wolf of Wall Street and Scorsese purposely
0: said about that got in contact I think by some of your references there we can sort of guess your age sorry Tom I think
2: the key thing is like when you when you've got your own idea and you're bringing enough of what's personal to you in your own story because Mm. that's that's what's going to excite the readers if you're then drawing in the, all the references that you've you've you know seen over the years, as long as you're getting little little scenes here and little bits of a character here and you're not thinking, okay, I'm gonna steal this and try and be like this, yes. if it's like, okay, this this influence is kind of like how I already saw the character, maybe I watched this film when I was young and it inspired me, mm-hmm. that'll kind of work with that behavior. If you kind of drag drag stuff in like that, I think then it's authentic and
3: it's you know into but your will own. Carry, everything we've watched within exactly. us exactly and then exactly. we filter it out through our exactly. own interpretations yeah. yeah. so. Absolutely, yeah i think yeah. certainly
0: with the horror with the dare i was slightly wary that horror very people are very specific about the horror and the twists and the turns and like oh you stole that from that 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 and there's a big forums about people yeah. saying it i think sometimes in other films there's less of that people don't seem to hang on to it as much in
4: <laughs> any other industry you wouldn't be a plumber and not use your tools so it's yeah. like you create a film, you're using your reference and, you know, the, the past films of, you know, mm-hmm. or, or whatever, whatever inspiration you're feeding off. They're your, mm. to me, they're your tools. Yeah. And, you know, we've watched God knows how many films you can't. It's very hard to pinpoint at what point, that, which yeah. film's going to inspire you.
0: Off the back of Jericho Mansions, What what was the situation? Can you talk about that?
3: Well, it's life. I mean, life mm-hmm. happened, which uh, life meaning nothing to do with filmmaking. So I was writing a lot in that period. Great. So this is why I have now like, you know, eight, nine scripts I would like to do. So mm-hmm. it's not that I stopped, but I stopped uh, actively trying to seek uh, financing for it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a bitch of an industry as we, yeah. as we in this table know. Yeah, and the financial you know? world
0: changed as well in terms of how yeah. people were financing films during that time. So yeah, I, very much so. Yeah. yeah.
3: So, and then I felt uh, that I was ready to, to get back and, and I did Bite, which it was a very small movie that we mm-hmm. showed outside uh, Rome yes. in Italy. I always had a strong connection. I'm in Spanish, but I have a strong connection uh, uh, with Italy. Yeah. So, you know, I thought, okay, well, maybe I can set it up there. So, so we did that little movie yeah. because uh, in a way I used it to be able to get back into it mm-hmm. because my target was to make I Love My Mom.
0: So, right, and you already had that written before you made slash Blood Trap. It was released as Blood Trap in the it, UK. Yeah, they changed. In, yeah, in, oh, I think in the
3: Anglo- Anglo-Saxon territories, it was uh, the title changed to Blood Trap. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and you had Vinny Jones yeah. in that. Um, we had Vinny Jones for a yeah. few days, uh, and and Costas Mandelia.
3: So again, you had a really good cast. I mean, yeah, it was cool, and and uh, because. It's, it's funny because when you shoot in location outside or, or when everybody has to move from one place to another, in this case was a mainly American cast coming to Italy, et cetera, you create a sort of a family in a way. Mm. So then, uh, that allows us to, to break the rules a little bit, work harder and get things going, you know. Yeah. So it was good. That's nice because no one goes home, do they?
0: Everyone sort of connects and bonds.
3: Yeah. Yeah. In the small, you know. I mean, the worst is to be like in a set. Everybody goes back home and mm-hmm. then they come back and it becomes like a nine to five in a way. So, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Uh, it was a nice, a nice experience. Yeah. We were able to, to, uh, to do a lot that seemed very difficult, you know, like, mm-hmm. I need 15 babies, you know, like, fuck, I'm gonna find 15 babies. Let's yeah. go to next town in, Near Rome and, know, and just grab fifteen babies. So what? It <laughs> <run away? laughs> Tom's on fire, right? What well, a nursery! Yeah, yeah, what was that film with that.
0: Nicolas Cage? The fantastic one where they stole all the babies.
3: Raising Arizona. Raising
0: Arizona. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. So you just went yeah. and got loads of babies. Um, we got lots of babies. Yeah, <laughs> for one thing. So, so you made that, and then obviously at the time you'd already had I Love My Mom, which is you're the one you really wanted to push yeah, and get made. In
3: that Empty Period is where I wrote a lot of those scripts that uh, that uh, I have now. I'm one of them. Uh, in my mind, I, I had two comedy. I wanted to go into comedy mm. for the simple reason that when you work in comedies, your brain is thinking about stupid fun things, you know, frivolity. But it's interesting
2: you, know. you say that cause about the, the process of where you go when you're writing and when you're directing mm-hmm. because... You know, film is cathartic in a sense, and when you're when you're writing, a lot of the time, like you know, if you're in, if you're in a sort of a dark place, you can get that that sort of horror stuff, and it comes quite naturally. Yeah. If, if you want to go into the comedy, then you start to embody that, and I think it's it's it can actually be quite a helpful process in terms of like where you are in your life, and even if you're not actually. Oh yeah, yeah,
3: it's like a therapy. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Then I thought, well, I love my mom, so closer to my heart, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna go for I love my mom, and then. I started a long, painful process that lasted about two years to try to put it together mm-hmm. with a lot of ups and downs and disappointments and, and, and happiness and blah, blah, blah. The, Let's in, give in a little way.
0: pitch about what the film's about.
3: The movie's about a mother and son um in the UK who has a massive argument because uh, the mother is eaten... Well, he stay, he's stolen the, the cheese from <laughs> from the fridge, a cheese that his son... Uh, Purposely episode. loved and yeah. wants, yeah, absolutely. And and they have a massive stupid argument. They're in their pajamas at home, mm-hmm. and in Tilbury, and they get really pissed off with each other. He grabs her, puts her in the car, and says, "Okay, we're going to the fucking gas station because it's the only shop open. You are gonna get out, buy me the cheese that you stole from me, and then I'm dumping you there. So fuck off." Uh, in, they have a fight in the car. They live by the port. They have an accident. The car ends up inside a container. The container closes, and the container is, is put in a in a boat. And and it's, you know a few days later they appear in Morocco, uh, because they managed to get out of the container. And it's the story. It's a road movie. It's the story of of this mom and and his son uh, trying to find a way home. In the process, you know, many things are discovered. That's, I don't know, a simple pitch on the movie.
0: Where
1: are we,
2: Mark? Let me just see if I get this straight. You say your uh, mother was eating your cheese without your permission. Yes, sir. You got upset, drove to the shops to buy some more, and then you had some sort of accident and ended up inside a container bound for Morocco. Mm, That's it and somehow he managed to survive the 6 day trip inside a freight container.
1: Well, we were lucky we had a big bag of jelly babies. Splendid. Just take it as a free holiday.
2: It's free holiday, my ass, mum, where you oh.
1: This is where we are, okay? So we just follow the coast to so the back, reach Tangier, swim to Jaboa, get into Spain, Cordoba, Valencia, Barcelona, climb the Pyrenees, reach Toulouse, and that
3: is it! What are we going to do, Mum? What, hijack?
0: Could you please really tell me what the bloody hell was going on here?
4: I think he may be... French.
3: What do you mean, French? We've got to get out of here,
2: everyone. Come on! One, absolutely no one could part with you oh, my name's martin ron martin I should probably pronounced matin no it, it, it's martin ron martin ron martin ron martin 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 martin, martin. yeah martin Matin.
0: The film is out on the 31st of May. The trailer is in the show notes now, and you can, what you just heard is really cool. You get a taste of what it's like. All right, let's start. But how did you make this? How did you two come together, Matt, Alberta? What happened?
3: Well, what happened was that first I met Alexa, who's uh-huh. the other Alexa producer. Alexa Wall, producer? Yeah. yeah. He's the other producer. But Alexa was also involved in uh, in uh, in line producing the movie. Okay. So then she hooked me up with Matt. We got on very well. Matt... Joined the team and we managed to push on, make the movie and complete it.
4: Yeah, just, like I said, uh, Matt, Matt Alexa um, joined the project, and yeah, just just helped bring it, you know, help complete it, go through the post production process, and, and, and you know, get a specific marketing angle of it and build the campaign, mm-hmm. um, and obviously help with the release as well, which is thirty first Prince Charles premiere opening in wow. central London. Yeah. I throw that in there.
0: Do throw it in yeah. there. And tickets are available to yeah. that. Yeah. Tickets they? tickets are
4: available <laughs> on the link. You know, coming off the back of Winter Ridge with Dom, it, mm-hmm. it was it was like okay, well, we I can help and do all this. This, this again in, in you know to, to kind of help just close it and use all the right people and and yeah just right. help alberto like i said he was a lot more involved mm-hmm. just as a he, you know he should be credited as a producer himself because I yeah, was he was, imagine seems he was the kind of guy yeah, yeah integrally involved in, in everything so mm-hmm. um yeah and that's kind of where we're at and it's just it's just you know the last couple of weeks have been really interesting but Don back in and, and some of the some of the same team um, Claudia uh, mm-hmm. and Danny, which helped with the release of Winter Ridge, right. and it's just grown. It's just it's just great. I mean, we you know we've got DDA behind us, uh, which is a huge marketing and PR company
2: doing Big uh, Avengers at the moment. They- if you want context there.
4: They, you well, know, yeah, they, they did the marketing release on on Black Panther and and yeah, some some how Moonlight and some some amazing stuff. How? Just just uh, build,
2: build, your building build relationships,
4: yeah, building relationships, building relationships, and obviously you know credit to the film, they, they well, liked exactly. the film and thought yeah. it had had potential. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, the
3: film had an angle that they could use as well. I mean, you know, they they could immediately see how to target it, so yeah, they yeah. felt comfortable with
4: it's it. a it's it's obviously you know it, it's a it's a commercial film that has a lot of. Elements that can be drawn and, mm-hmm. and, and built, especially in yep. in the marketing world. You know, you've got some good names. You've got Frank Labuth, which is a football legend. They can, Absolutely. They're bringing all that angle into place. So, um, that getting them on board was, was actually proven very yeah. good. Absolutely. Uh, you know, sending out to, you know, hundreds of press and getting all, you know, doing everything properly, you mm-hmm. know, getting Total Film, Empire, all those kind of things interested. Yes. And, and yeah, look, they launched the trailer. And within, uh, within the first
0: week, I mean, even on the, just the YouTube thing, it was viewed half a million times. That's massive. I and mean, then, I, I, I mean, I knew you. Yes. And I knew you involved in it, but still, I'd heard so much about yeah. it and already buzzing and there was talk and it was great. Yeah, it landed on the opening of MSN AOL page. So the, the, I think
4: the trailer overall on, on consistent platforms got viewed over a million times in less than a week.
0: And is that from DDA's help or is that yeah. from you guys doing what uh, you're doing?
4: Obviously, obviously we're pushing it as well, but mm-hmm. it was from
3: mainly from DDA. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, um, so
0: it's good to have someone you feel really good in the marketing side. To yeah, really also it's have a fun
3: trailer to watch. I mean, yes, as a trailer, it's you a know, fun trailer to of, watch. Yeah, and you know. and a
0: great cast and hilarious and fun, and you go, okay, this movie looks really fun. Yeah, it does. it's a great trailer. It's very well made.
4: No, I, I wouldn't. Um, I, I, you know, doing doing the next films, uh, you know, we're putting we're putting uh, DDA's cost into the budget because I think it's that important. Wow. I really do think it's that important. Yeah. Because if, really if you if you don't advice. have an angle to distribute or release something, mm. okay, well then put a cost in for a PR company and work with them. Yeah. and, and- do it yourself. I mean, it's the second time we are doing it, but, mm. you know, do it yourself.
2: And I think something we're, we're learning from like a lot of these sort of independent films is that it's not, you know, the film is good. Like, there's a lot of great films, but a lot of them just disappear because people aren't putting in the the, the time don't hear as them. producers. Mm. And, you know, having someone like DDA is, is incredible and it's, it's a huge boost. And, you know, the film is getting great reviews of itself. But, you know, you've got a core team of people that are sort of independent filmmakers and making a massive impact on what the cinema sales are, working with the sales agents, working with reviews. All that stuff feeds in, and it's all very achievable as an independent filmmaker.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So let's talk about making it then itself. Uh, So I Love My Mum, it's a road movie comedy. You had many locations, France, Italy, Morocco, um, Spain, uh, many more as well. So how did you go about doing that? How did you go about organizing that? I suppose it's a question for you, Matt, in terms of, How do you set that up? How do you even go, right, we need to shoot there, then? I mean, it's a big logistical nightmare, right? Well,
3: before the the coordination happened, I spent, like, a year uh, uh, flying constantly to different places in Morocco, finding locations in Spain, because... Mm. Spain is not just one location. It's actually like four different places, uh, including Benidorm, etc. cetera. Uh, and the same, I scouted Italy because we were thinking maybe shooting some more stuff there. France, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge amount of preparation on trying to figure out. And the reason why I needed so much preparation rather than what you do normally, which is to say, okay... Uh, you you go for a Reiki when you are already, you know, knowing you are going to shoot and sure. you prepare everything. Mm-hmm. You go there with um, the core team and yeah, analyze plans, everything and blah, done. blah. But... I knew that we were going to have to be running around like crazy. So I needed to know the places really well so that I could just jump from one street to the next or, or this and the other and plan everything in my own head. Mm. And then Matt and Alexa coordinated the, 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 you know, how, how they to make it all it click, on. you know? Yeah.
0: Guerrilla. Was it guerrilla style? Cause it felt wonderfully like guerrilla to me. It felt like you it were, you gorilla, were stealing yeah. bits from here. You were shooting from windows far back. You know, you were in tight when you, you know, I was like, okay we're hiding things but it was really Tussles clever. with the police was a real Tussles with the police well, it's just like I said it's just it's have, just, the, just yeah. career <laughs> <laughs>
4: and it, in a way it's it's good because it matches the the film in itself the film's such mm. a you know such a ride it's, it's an adventure they don't stay very long no, in places it constantly it's, moves, it's and moves, just, and
0: moves and moves and moves I loved watching it
4: for that it was really entertaining going, going at a, a good pace and I think that the great thing about that is that like, okay well the film's moving really fast which is great and, and it's still you know still keeping you on your toes and then also they're moving in different locations so you get a little spice of the culture in morocco or yeah. a, little, a little a little you know british feel of the of the kind Benidorm of um, Benidorm, yeah Spain, you know and then and then france you get that kind of um you, know, you get you get a sense of even the food and and, and you know Dominic Pignon you know fantastic yeah, actor just absolutely. just a little sense of that so it's just like taking little uh, splices yeah. of the location the culture and obviously you know merging it with these two kind of you know it's
3: <laughs> very, very British, very right British characters yes. yes it is a road movie but it's not a, a movie in which uh we try to sort of, you know, go deep into the cultural implications of the places we go through or anything like that. No. no. Uh, I wanted to do it in such a way that it was through the eyes of Ron and Olga who have absolutely zero interest in any, you know, cultural matters. And you
0: had a great cast. How did you cast? Obviously you've got fantastic, um, uh, Tommy French and Kirsten Waring as your two leads.
3: Yeah, I mean it was funny because um, first we thought uh, I was working with a casting director called Simone Pereira Hind. Yeah, and, she's um, very well known. Yeah, and she's uh, she's I, th- I think she's set in uh, in Scotland now. Anyway, she's a fantastic woman, and she she talked about Kirsten and and we I went to I met her here in London, and immediately I realized, oh my god, this woman is already my character in a way. Right. It's already Olga. And uh, and then uh, you know we talked about it. She read the script. She liked it and, and wanted to do it. And once I had the mom, then I could go and look for the son. Because Fine. to do it the other way around, it would have been difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we basically just uh, just just called people to send tapes. Uh, so it was uh, a bunch of of young actors, mm-hmm. of which uh, five of them were remarkable, were really really good. The wow. only thing is that four of them, which were fantastic playing some things that they had to do for the movie, is that they were acting it. Uh, they were uh, more sort of middle class guys putting sort of on acting, like you know, horrible. putting on. Yeah. And then Tommy came along. Tommy French, Mm -hmm. he sat down and I had the same feeling uh, because Tommy is going to be, is going to be a big actor, very big actor. And I had the same feeling I had when I met some of the other actors that we mentioned before that Mm -hmm. immediately you think, okay, this, it may work, you know, it's going to work. And uh, and I remember I put them together. I asked them to read a couple of scenes together, and I could see. Okay, yeah, you okay, see. You believe it?
0: You believe it? Yeah. You believe it absolutely. And then I asked
3: them to sing "Blowing Bubbles," um, <laughs> With well,
0: the West Ham song.
3: The, yeah, which they couldn't sing at all well. I mean, they sounded like seagulls being strangled. <laughs> that
0: sounds like so how they I sing thought, it, right? Okay, that's
3: it. That works. <laughs> and, uh, Perfect. And but right. to shoot the movie, I mean, it was. Hard, but uh, I was very lucky, not only with Alex and with Matt, but uh, with the DOP I had, which mm-hmm. is uh, Fabio Paolucci, mm-hmm. yeah. because, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's an incredible DOP, a young guy, Italian, He he's a, you know, a freak of images, he's completely dedicated, and... Uh, I was able to do a lot of shots as well outside the main unit with him before we started shooting. Right. So we were able to, I don't know, you know, get a ferry, get some shots from the ferry of water or whatever, and then go and climb a mountain, him and me and, and a couple of locals dressed as the actors Oh, is that
0: what you did? Ah. Yeah, to be able
3: to get shots that I knew it was going to be very difficult to get with the main uh, unit, you know. Yes, of course. With with all the crew behind.
0: And they had very specific costumes and hoods, so therefore you could... Yeah, I was able to make it it work,
3: just to give uh, as much value to the movie as possible. Mm. But... Uh, I mean, most of the OPs, they wouldn't have done it. They would have said, okay, I need I need um, my assistant, I need this and the mm-hmm. other, but we managed to sort of pull it out.
0: Yeah, you know? that's great. And all those locations, because you have got to move around a lot and you have got, you're in water for quite, you know, you, yeah, a lot. it's almost a refugee boat at one point and you're falling yeah. into it. You know, it, all that sort of stuff takes a lot of planning and organization. A lot all of those planning extras, and a lot of that. time, yeah. yeah. Was yeah. there a lot of kind of, I know you said guerrilla star, was there a lot of you know, work with locals and stuff to say, look, were you guys just do this scene for us, and we're going to act here. there felt like some.
3: Yeah. Well, there was some scenes, like for example, the when when Ron becomes a taxi driver. Mm, yes. There is a moment in the movie that Ron steals a taxi. Yes. Which is one of those Moroccan Mercedes uh, from the seventies. You know, yep. I mean, massive, very difficult uh, cars to drive. We were grabbing extras from the street, right? You
0: know, and saying, "Get in the car and get in some- the
3: car. Do you mind? You know, appear in a movie. Get in the car. Sign here and Wow. But all of that gave it that raw feel to it. A hundred percent it does.
0: Yeah. And you had the, yeah. the boxing bit, which it turns out to be at the end.
3: Yeah. Then you've got uh, all the, the karaoke stuff. Then you've got, you know, the boat. We shot everywhere. I mean, we started in Italy for a week. Then we moved to Marrakesh. We went all the way. We drove all the way. And when I say drove, I mean that we were You're shooting. as you drove. To Tangier, in Tangier. We went to to Catalonia, we went to Benidorm, we had to do time lapses throughout Spain, we went to to the French part of the Pyrenees, uh, and then then the UK. So we went to a lot of places. How
0: many shooting days or travelling days was it in total? Seven weeks. Seven weeks, wow, of constantly sort of, even though you most places you knew where you were shooting and sometimes maybe you didn't know. I knew them all like the palm of
3: my hand, yeah.
0: Wow. Okay, because some of them were gorgeous. There were some stunning I was like, wow, they've either got really lucky or you were on it. Um, it no, it like was I mean, This is why it. it
3: took so long, uh, yes, to get my right. head around how I was going to do it. I knew I couldn't do it any other way. There yeah. was no money to do it anyway. No, absolutely.
0: And Matt, how did you get permissions for stuff like that? How did you find the ability, oh, or did you sort of, is it again, Gorilla style? Yeah, Gorilla. It's This word, is quite handy, yeah. filmmakers, because do you know what? You can plan as much as you like, but if you'd applied, they might have gone, oh, no, yeah. it's a big problem. When we shot in Benidorm <laughs> in the
3: beach, yeah. we, we we managed to. Hide the camera at the red in a cooler, so we create a, a cooler you know where you carry drinks and whatever yeah. we managed to convert it we cut, cut a hole and- we cut a hole we Love it. we this made is it amazing. waterproof everything, so we could take wow. it into the water or whatever and and I thought, okay, we have to invent a device, we have to create something for Morocco mm. because when we are shooting in these really crowded streets with mm-hmm. these two actors. Uh, you know, they're going to be looking at the camera or whatever. Yeah. But after, and then, so we had a rucksack with a contraction to hide the camera, blah, blah, blah. Wow. But then we realized we didn't need it at all, because as soon as everybody saw Kirsten in pyjamas, <laughs> blonde and... and, yeah. and they were all looking at tall, her. They were looking at her. They were not looking at us, you know, regardless that we were there with the camera, the sound, uh, everything. Wow. So we just sort of shut it.
0: And you did I noticed you shot a lot of stuff on long lens from further away as well was that yeah. also for that reason cuz you were in some very busy places in these cities
3: Normally it was because I thought it was the right decision, photographically, for the moment, like to create a sense of isolation and they are in there, etc. But also because it was it was convenient. it was some places in in Tangier that I knew if I wanted the shot, I wanted uh, I had to do it from a certain restaurant on the third floor and blah blah blah. Wow. So I could place the camera there and get the shot, and then. Uh, sometimes we were running so fast and so manically that we didn't have time even to do some more uh, pickup shots. So then it ended up being it's a wide. But that
0: big uh, wine's uh, brilliant because it looks it, like yes, we're spying works. on them for a bit. Yeah. It does work. It does work really well. It has well. a
3: sort of... Uh, I mean that shot is interesting because it has a sort of a, a theatrical feel to it, mm. though it was actually what was happening on the street. Right. So, and then you yeah. just didn't,
0: ha- you couldn't come in for any close-ups because
3: of time. yeah. In that yeah. case, it was uh, it was huh. impossible. It
0: sounds like a logistical nightmare, Matt, in terms of doing all that, you know, and setting it all up and getting it going. I mean, just wow.
4: It is in a way, but obviously, you know, you ride off the kind of adrenaline of the film and yeah. you just go right, okay, and and actually, people always think like the sort of wilder things are that it becomes more hard and and difficult and stressful to actually sort out. But I find it kind of just makes you make a decision much
0: quicker. Right.
4: And actually, you know, sometimes you go with your instinct and, yeah. you know, I think nine times out of ten, your instinct is mainly right. So, Absolutely. And it does yeah. have
0: that raw feel and that's why it's so wonderful to watch and mm-hmm. it just keeps going and bouncing along. Um, it felt like the dialogue might have been improvised sometimes. Is that just because they played it so well or is that...
3: It was an improvised.
4: I mean, not what at all. Happened? That's bad. why I said to him first because yeah, yeah. so obviously this, he's yeah. Spanish and it it, yeah. it, it it seems like someone that is just... yeah. You know, it seems like one I of mean, those two should have written it. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but no, it he was uh, an
3: improvised. But they obviously played it, like any actor does. So uh, uh, we did shoot a lot of improv stuff as well because as we oh, were right. traveling, like in the taxi or whatever, yeah, I would say, okay, just yes, stay there. You drive, just. Yes talk about whatever and they will talk about that and I will sort of yeah. uh, direct them in one direction or another but that uh, this I the, mean um, the movie is, is scripted yeah. what happened is that uh, because Kirsten and Tommy were getting on so so well and they clicked so well sometimes in the chaos of it all uh, they 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 helped each other. so so if somebody fluffed a line or whatever Mm -hmm. they will turn it into a comedy moment and the other one will rescue the other one that's the great thing about their
4: personalities they you know they they Mm. they kind of um, weirdly connect in that way which is good yeah Yeah. if if you can work with two actors like that absolutely and
3: then
0: the importance of casting right the importance of making sure that that connects because they're spending you know seven eight weeks together on the road yeah sometimes just them a lot of the time in a car in a a small
3: space. And they, they were covered in sun for hours. They that, were in the sea for hours. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kirsten was beaten by jellyfish twice. Wow. So, and she never complained once. Really? So, no, never. That's she incredible. did it. You know? so, that's
0: really um, nice to hear that. The actors yeah. are just going, do you know what? I'm getting on with this and having a good time. Yeah. yeah so, well, yeah, that's good. That's good. And um, in terms of budget then, I mean, obviously you don't have to say what it is, but was was it doable with what you had or was it? 10 million. 10 million no, pounds. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That was the original budget. <laughs> if we had done it million, properly. Yeah. 10 yeah. million. <laughs> right. But it was, a, it was a good enough. It was always the times when you were struggling because of budget limitations, or just for our listeners to know. I think budget
4: it? always affects everything. But yeah, it, was, it started off bigger, and then it just became smaller and smaller. But obviously, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was. It was I would, I would say, healthy for an, in, for an independent film. Okay. Um. So you know, it was over, it was over a million quid, which you know. Wow
0: good how did you um, raise that I mean that's an incredible amount to raise
3: that was a group of Spanish uh, uh, companies that uh, that wow. helped on that process it's private <laughs> that
1: is Giles. you
4: can't be asking that
0: <laughs> this is what this podcast it's is really, about really asking private. those questions you get that's kneecapped too. after this yeah so. <laughs> No, no, it wasn't probably, private, Robbie, private. Robbie cut that out.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it was um, private investment. Private investment again, which obviously, you know, it's just so hard to do. It's so well.
0: hard yeah, to do. Just, Were you pitching yeah. for that then? Did you have full packs and the full process about how yeah, to get was, that money? it
3: was uh, also some... some Contexts that don't come necessarily from the film uh, world, okay. you know. It's sometimes, but you still benefit be from before. the, you know, UK yeah. tax
4: credit. It's still, yeah, a couple of, of other things. I was going to say every yes. tax credit,
0: yeah. right? Could you get it from each country, yeah, or it's because tri- it's guerrilla, <laughs> trying? Is yeah. it because it's too guerrilla? Is it? Well, and
4: you, you got to, you know, if you make a decision and, and call it a UK film, then you, you benefit more from that side rather than just trying to get it in every... Good to know. And again, you yeah. know, it's like... But I mean, mean
2: like, budget-wise, there's, there's a couple of things to consider as well, like yeah. the fact that it's shot in so many incredible locations abroad makes the budget look like it's a lot more. Yes. And if you'd taken, like, a studio movie and you just said, I want to shoot here, I want to shoot in this country, it would have cost millions and millions and millions of pounds. But mm-hmm. the fact that he's kind of meticulously gone on his own mm-hmm. uh, on a on a recce has kind of drastically brought the budget down and made it achievable. Yeah,
3: I mean, I mean, obviously, when we did the very first budgets, it was uh, three times, you know, what we spent or more uh, if we wanted to do it properly, mm-hmm. you know, meaning uh, locking the streets, you know, getting everything. I don't know. So... So, yeah, yeah. I mean, but sometimes what happens is that the budget uh, c- creates a sort of artistic censorship because, you know, you cannot do certain things in a certain way because mm. it's unachievable. And I don't, and sometimes that works in your favor. Uh, in this case, it, I think it, it helped. Create the rawness of the movie. So you had some big stunts, the
0: car stuff. I was like, whoa, all right. You know, that was full on stunt moments. Was it, I imagine you planned it. It was more for.
3: difficult to find the two cars and ship them to Italy where we were shooting that scene. Right. That actually did <laughs> really? the stunt, yeah. Wow. But yeah, I mean, even a simple thing like a car... Coming out of a container. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole all the rigging that had to be done, etc. Yeah. In Italy, because in Italy we were doing the big a big um, boat sequence that we have, and we were doing the stand, the stand, mm-hmm. a couple of stand drivings, and the car shooting out, etc. In there, we did have a, a, a more normal crew, a bigger crew mm-hmm. with the scuba divers and 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 you know everything. Right. Uh, but that was the only the only week that we have that all the rest was uh, I mean Morocco was just uh, a bunch of us uh, like in right. a documentary in a way really you know? so it's documentary
0: yeah. crew size which is that's, then, do you know what sometimes it's better that way though yeah, because, because you can go let's get on with it let's shoot and just yeah, love that yeah. it's much better
3: and keep uh, going yeah. and the crew obviously I mean Everybody involved, I think, will always remember this movie because it was incredible. I mean, it was super fun, the fact of having to be jumping from one place to another. Yes. And it was exciting for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously it was tough on them. It was tough on everybody. We were working uh, every day, and the day of rest was troubling. So, right. you know, we never really had a proper, uh, a proper rest. Everybody was dropping ill. At one point we were really? shooting a scene by... Uh, a road which is super busy with lorries and only three of us were left standing so everybody was doing everybody's jobs you know so it was three of us as a crew where we should have been you know 12 and and the two actors in front so but
0: you know, that's filmmaking, isn't it? You're like, you no, go. let's just get yeah. on with it and make a movie. And you've done that. And it's a brilliant movie. And I suggest that everyone go seek this movie out because it's so much fun. It really is. It's uh, it's available on the 31st of May, uh, which is either this coming week, or if you're listening to this a bit later, it's out. So go get it. Is it. What's it coming out on first? Cinema? and so then... Yes, yeah, have a theatrical run in... Uh... About 30 cinemas across it, cross country.
4: In it's, the UK? Right. Yeah. starting in Prince Charles in central London mm-hmm. on the Friday the 31st. 30
0: cinemas is massive.
2: That's and good. the
4: 1st. Uh-huh. Um,
2: Moving on to Chelmsford on the 2nd. Okay. A big Essex premiere.
4: Mm-hmm. All of them are going to be Q&As, so lots of, lots of the filmmakers and cast are going to be in, but it's going to like Glasgow, Liverpool, Manchester, mm-hmm. Bristol, <laughs> Leeds. It's,
0: uh, yeah, going to just... Rolling it out, aren't you? With you go and your, your cinema yeah. releases, you lot. Uh, and Camelot you will be films. able to
2: find all of the events on the I Love My Mum Facebook page. Yes. There you go. Yeah. So you can buy your tickets.
0: That's what I'll put a link into the show notes of that. So go follow it, go like it, uh, and turn up and watch this film there with these guys and say hello. So he said. And show you love you, your mum. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Take your mum. Yeah. Well, maybe don't take your mum because people might think your mum is this person. But no, do take your mum because there's another bum on the seat. <laughs> take your dad.
3: Another bum it's on the quite funny because the, the fixer, the fix, one of the fixers from Morocco yeah. came to pick us up in the airport in, uh, in, in Casablanca, it was. Nice. And, and he had a big sign saying, I love my mum so all these ladies were looking at him <laughs> thinking oh what a lovely son he must be with his mum yeah. yeah. and then with her laugh, he probably got to film
2: horrified <laughs> 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 we, we've been saying if you don't if you don't go
4: and see the film you, you don't in fact love your mum right so should, yeah. should go and see it there you go reason.
0: yeah that should be your, your tagline yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah, if you don't watch this film you yeah. don't love your mum yeah <laughs> everyone goes god shit better go watch it better go film. watch it yes but yeah. do watch this film it's fantastic it's out on the 31st of May um, but a bit of advice for then a filmmaker who is wanting to go and make a film like this, a road movie comedy, or just in general a, a movie of this scale, what kind of advice could you give someone to do that?
3: Uh, I will only say that uh, you have to really want to do it. <laughs> um, <you know. laughs>
0: I think that's generally most filmmakers though, isn't it? We really want to do it. We get so much heartache and pain that we, by the end but we're like, I have the, to do this. No, but he's right. Some, the, some, the, people don't, some people thing, just want know. to think they do, yes. want to do I'm it. Like then, if you
3: are moral enough Please spend the energy building a hospital or something like that, rather than fucking making a movie. <laughs> but that's something else. But it's this is why I was saying at the beginning is sort of a calling. I mean, yeah, you no, have to do it. There uh, it has um, to be no other uh, option. Uh, yes, yes. there has to be no other option. That's the only advice. I mean, it's uh, on a on a one to one. I could give advice. I could say, no, well, you know, it's just it's me new here. Thing no one else. else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, well, <laughs> you know, yes. Just keep pushing. You just got to commit, commit. Keep yourself pushing. To and it, keep, yeah. pushing and keep pushing. Keep
0: pushing. Okay. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Yourself was making something like this, a feature like this, uh, especially after coming off the back of Winter Ridge and then having this film. You know, what did you learn from? too? what did you bring to it? I think, um, I think, uh, yeah, I think you, I think you shouldn't stop at all. And and you know, it's
4: it's yeah. You know, after doing Winter Ridge, it was like, okay, well, you know, we trying to have a break or should we try and recover? It's just no, just just keep going, just keep going because until you kind of get, no, I don't want to say accepted, but until you kind of get accepted, you know, by the industry, then you just got to keep making good stuff and as long as you're learning something yourself mm-hmm. every time I think that's all that matters I think if you're learning and growing yeah. and you're okay well this film's a different film but actually I learned how to do that on this film or I learned how to deal with that person or I learned mm-hmm. how to create this then you're always going to be learning and growing and, and you know you, you kind of set goals and projections and you just grow every time and I think it's um yeah just keep keep going yeah i agree Uh, that's great Um, and don't you know don't be afraid that everything doesn't always have to you know slot into place some things can be spontaneous and and some things that are you thought was organized that are now not organized could bring and breathe something else so Mm. you know just go with it okay go with the punches
0: that's what uh sylvester sylvester salone says is, it, is that what he says? Go with the punches? He makes his own little Money slogan. Roll, but yeah, go, go. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. go with the punches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Um, okay, where,
3: is, are you on Twitter? I know you've got the Facebook page you mentioned yourself. Uh, I have, uh, I'm, I'm in Instagram. I posted up, uh, mm-hmm. I like posting, but I've only done two, um, <laughs> um, you know, photographs of Persil and pot of soaps. Um, so
0: great so you've got two pictures on your Instagram page it's embarrassing it's a Daz no it's a Daz the one is Brillo or something
3: like that no it's a Daz picture
0: okay so don't follow him there (laughs) the
4: the film the film's everywhere the film's building a nice Instagram yeah Yeah. Yeah, follow that which
0: is I Love My Mum I Love
4: My Mum on Instagram Facebook Uh, we don't we, we haven't gone on a Twitter route with this
0: it's, it's either uh, you do or you don't yeah, sometimes it's, it's, it's an really. effort it's a full on job this is a very um, you know this is a a very, page
4: out. I think this is a very visual kind of um, uh, you know I think that the, the pictures and, and, the, and the visuals and, and the videos we're using a lot of snippets of videos on this that we didn't do so much yeah. on Winter Bridge I think they're more uh, suitable for Instagram I agree and connectable Facebook.
0: people go oh that's funny oh I want to see
2: that yeah, yeah. I love yeah. my mum the movie then. yes yeah. Yeah, yeah I love
0: my mum the movie yeah. there you go okay uh, and Don, where can people follow you
2: just everywhere, uh, Facebook, I'm twins. Just uh, everywhere.
1: Look at I'm, just, no, I'm still no. big time now. <laughs> no, no, no. You
0: will right? get the, to me because I've got security. All all but the, all the, all you all can the, just try. Me. <laughs> just
2: on the, I mean, on, on the on the you know on the three platforms of Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.
4: The dark web. What about the non-free
2: platforms? <laughs> <laughs> three platforms, not free platforms. Oh, I see. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. the, yeah, no, I'm
0: just yeah. I'm on there. Yeah, right, yeah, Not Snapchat. Okay,
2: cool. Not Snapchat.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, just just Instagram. Uh, uh, Instagram's the main one I use now, but yeah, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I just uh, M Huggins or Matt Huggins.
2: His cat's got an Instagram, was it? O-osky, Oscar Oscar London or something? Oscar underscore London. Oscar. <laughs> so, if you want to follow Seriously? Matt's cat, that's no. a really good one it's to a follow. One. A <laughs> He's a little <laughs> famous dude. <laughs> so so a his cat has more Instagram sleep. followers than Alberto. <laughs> <Monday>. uh, <laughs> there <have> we
0: go. <laughs> pictures, <laughs> probably. You can follow us at Filmmakers awesome. Pod. You can follow me at Giles Alderson. Where can we follow you, Robbie? Just Robbie McCain. That's it's simple.
2: It's not just Robbie McCain. No, it's, Robbie it's Robbie McCain. McCain.
0: <laughs> it's Robbie McCain, our producer editor. Thank you. Remember, if you're making indie films, do it. If you want to make indie films, go do it. Don't stop. Don't get get excuses. Do whatever you can to make your film. And I hope this has inspired you to go write a screenplay and go get your film made and shot however you can do it. We've had a fantastic time, haven't we?
3: Fantastic. What a joy. Thank it's you.
0: I Love My Mum is out on the 31st of May. Thank you very much. We'll see you next Tuesday, as always for the next installment of the filmmakers podcast Woo!